You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and you know what? Congrats to you, Kellen Mond. Even though... A lot of people around College Station and on the airwaves and in the media have doubts about what you can do. The real storyline has to be you. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday, we are on every single day. Give us a follow button, and secondly, follow us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May-related content found here on LOP. You can do so by subscribing on iTunes, listening on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because you know every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So like most games in this series, the Southwest rivalry went down to the wire, even though A&M convincingly had the game won going into the fourth quarter. Of course, the defense had to make it a little bit more interesting. And they did by letting Arkansas score two rushing touchdowns in the final 15 minutes. By then, it was a little too late because the score at the time was 42-17 to following a big-time run from a player we're going to name in a little bit. You already know who it is, but we'll talk about him just a little bit more detail later. A&M had a good game. I mean, again, does the score say so? No, it says that A&M won by 11. When they probably should have won by, I would say, at least 25. But what I can say is, is that not only did AM have a good game, Kellen Mond had a good game. And that's what this whole thing is about today. Kellen Mond had a good game. So for starters, Kellen, I am sorry if I ever doubted you. It's not that I don't think you're a good quarterback. It's that I wonder what your limitations are. If you play like this, against a top-level defense in the SEC. Keep in mind, Arkansas is one of the building blocks in the SEC for defenses. What Barry Odom has done for the school, what Barry Odom has done in this new system under Sam Pittman, is a huge plus to not only the SEC in general, because if you get a good competitive team in Arkansas back, But it's also great for Arkansas because it helps with recruiting. It helps with building a future. It helps with making the program better. And Calamon was on point against a very, very, very good Arkansas defense. I mean, you got to look at his numbers. Simple. He had his best game of the year. 21-26, 260 passing yards, zero turnovers. That's a big deal. Three touchdowns. He had his best career completion rating of all time at 81%. Before that, 76.2, and it was against UTSA. Before that, he was 73.1 or something like that against Mississippi State last year. So he's gotten better. He also had a passer rating of 202.8, which also set a career mark in that category. And if that's not enough, he made A&M history. 
He now has over 10,000 total yards of offense since taking over as the Aggie starting quarterback. And whether you would like to admit it or not, because I know a lot of you out there would not, he is the right option under center. You got to look at the next stretch of games and what A&M is about ready to go up against and what they're ready to deal with. And you want to bring in somebody brand new because of their flashy, because of, oh, he finishes with average numbers week in and week out. Guess what? Average gets the job done. I hate to be that guy, but in college, you can have two things work for you. One, the best running game, or two, a great passing game. AM has a good passing game, consistent, roughly about 180 to 280 every single game, two touchdowns through the air, but they have a run game that could redefine how they play every single week. Again, I've said this for a while, and I'll continue to harp it down. Kellen Mond has to just be good enough for this Aggie offense to be something special. And look at the numbers. It backs it up. It completely backs it up that AM only has to do the bare minimum. AM's offensive line didn't allow a sack. They gave him time to throw the ball, they gave him time to connect downfield, they gave him time to make big plays. Guess what happened? They also gave their running backs time. Anaya Smith had over 31 yards. Isaiah Spiller, 82. Devon on Shane, 39. Kellen Mond, 32. More balanced game. I'll give it that. Total of 182 yards. I'll give him that. Three touchdowns on the ground. Six total scores. Three through the air. Three on the ground. One going to each running back. And then you had Anaya Smith and what he was able to do. You have a guy who is a multi-tool player. Let's just get that out of the way. Anaya Smith moving to the backfield was one of the smartest things Shimbo Fisher's done. Because it's opened up the passing game for younger targets, such as Chase Lane, such as Hezekiah Jones, such as Jalen Preston. And guess what? All of them had good games. Chase Lane only had three catches. Guess what it was for? It was 450 yards. Hezekiah Jones has career best game. Don't get me wrong, there's not a lot to go with, but he had 47 yards. Average 9.4 yards per catch. Chase Lane, showing to be a vertical threat. Longest catch of the night was for 28 yards. He averaged 18.7 yards per catch. Jalen Weinemeyer, welcome to the party, big boy. I've been waiting for you to break out. Guess what? You had your best game. Six catches, 92 yards, a pair of touchdowns. By the way, those touchdowns, they weren't just little dump passes. They were good plays. They were very good plays. And they were great plays after the catch. First, the six-yard touchdown that was right in the right by the red zone. That was a great move by him to shake off the linebacker to get in. That play 15 yards out, that was all him after the catch. Literally. Great job making the defender miss the line of scrimmage. Breaking up field. Kellen sees that. Goes. That's what you want to see. That's what you want when you're trying to develop a team. Defensively, four sacks on Felipe Franks. Mike Elko's defense has had a good year. They've had a good year. Not a great year, but a good year. They needed to finish this game a little bit stronger. 42-17 to should have been the final. But you have two big runs from two very talented running backs in Rakeem Boyd and Trey Leon Smith. By the way, this was their worst rushing performance. 
This was one of their better games when it came to attacking the quarterback, though. Four total sacks. Buddy Johnson with a sack. You had uh, Demar- uh, You had Michael Clemens get his get another sack. You had had Bobby Brown get a sack. Tyree Johnson get a sack. Coverage wise, they have a very good job. Yeah, they threw three touchdowns. Two came from inside the red zone, which kind of means that at the very beginning of the drive, you have to get better. One came on a 16-yard pass right outside the red zone. Traylon Burks had over 100 yards. Everyone else had under 35. I consider that at least a win when you shut down every other option and make a guy go to his top target. And Traylon Burks, for the Razorbacks, is the top target this year. Four sack performance. One touchdown allowed outside the red zone. They held every running back besides Rakeem Boyd to under 100 yards, even though it was their worst rushing performance this year. I still think this defense had a good game. There's definitely areas to improve on, but I think that right now when you look at how the offense played and how, more importantly, how players on the offense worked with Kellen, this is what you build on for the future. This is what you use for fuel going into the back half of the season. Because a and sitting at 4-1. and There's five more games. And in those five games, they have to prove, not only to themselves, but to the country, they're deserving of being considered in that top four spot. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a little bit. But before I do, let's just talk about this real fast. Do you ever feel like you're always on the go? Like you never have time for yourself between work, family, friends, and a million pressing social issues? It always has to be like you're on the clock 24-7, even though sometimes you just want a moment to turn off and reset your body. That's why whenever you do try to reset, I recommend to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport you're watching this fall, Saturdays is your time to chill. It doesn't matter whether you're a sport or if you're a fan of the team that's playing, Coors Light is the official beer of watching college football. Just drink a beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a ice-cold Coors Light. Because it's mountain cold, refresh, and made to chill. It's made with cold lager, cold-filtered, cold packaging. Literally, the term made to chill is in the name. And the good people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado want you to know that. I've been working nonstop with this job and with other jobs, trying to make sure that I have the support to support me and my lifestyle. And whenever I do get a break, I do try to reach for a Coors Light because it is something that is made to chill. Coors Light's the beer I choose when I try to unwind. So when you hit your reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new delivered straight to your door look at get.coorslight.com. And remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here with the Talk and all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your thing on something. We have quality podcasts running your favorite sports teams. If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football season. Subscribe on iTunes to listen on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Aggies podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. As I like to do every Monday moving forward, I look at the coaches poll because right now I have that's the only thing I have to look at. I don't have the college playoff football poll that's come in yet, but when it does, we will start doing that on Wednesday mornings, breaking down exactly where every team stands, including the Aggies. But 
All we have to go off of right now is it's Alabama Clemson looking to be in the collision course towards the college football playoff, potentially with another national championship. But there are two teams that do have to come in after them. However, Alabama's 41-0 victory over Mississippi State and Clemson without Trevor Lawrence, who needed to shut out the Boston College Golden Eagles uh, with their freshman quarterback, DJ Uganaihi. But it didn't matter, because of even though that we have a closer matchup towards the top, it still is the same pretty much all our way around. Clemson stays undefeated at 7-0. They remain in the top spot with 43 first-place votes, but Alabama actually gained 17 first-place votes uh, with 1,503 total votes coming in at number two. Ohio State, who downed the likes of Penn State this past weekend. Penn State starting off 0-2 for the first time in, I think it's over a decade. I think it's over 20 years, so I'm not being mistaken. They come in at number three. Notre Dame comes in at 6-0 with actually four, uh, zero first-place votes, but a ton of third-place votes, which is a big deal. Clemson, who will be without Trevor Lawrence once again this week, takes on the Fighting Irish because the Irish now are in the ACC for the 2020 season. It's part of the big reason why the ACC had a football season. Number five is Georgia. Georgia did not have a good offensive performance this past week. They didn't. They, they stunk. They were horrible. Their defense played very good. I'll give them that. The defense played very good. They were able to get a win over Kentucky. Good on them. Cincinnati stays undefeated after defeating Memphis and moves up to 6-0 because Oklahoma State had to go to overtime to give fans of the Longhorn Nation a little bit of slimmer hope that Texas is back for the 20th freaking time in the last three years. I don't know what to say on that one. A&M, though, because of that, jumps up to number seven. They got they moved up one spot in the polls along with Florida, who jumps up to number eight. They got a convincing win over Missouri. BYU with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. Now is in the top ten, moving up to number nine in Miami. Even though they're five and one, their one loss has come to the number one team in the nation. They move up to the number ten spot. Wisconsin comes in at eleven and, uh, at one and zero at number eleven. Oklahoma State now moves down six spots to number twelve. Indiana moves up six more spots after starting off their season two and zero. Oregon yet to play a football game doesn't really matter. They're sitting at fourteen. Marshall comes in at five and zero, moving up three spots from eighteen to fifteen. Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers are going to make a massive impact trying to go ahead and prove that they are deserving of at least being considered for a bigger bowl game. So they come in at number 16. Iowa State got a big time win this past weekend over Kansas State. They moved to 4-2 back in the top 20 for the first time in a while. Southern Methodist got a victory this past weekend over the likes of Navy. They're 6-1 coming in at 18. 19 is Oklahoma. 20 is uh, USC. Auburn beat the living crap out of LSU. It wasn't even a fun game. It was weird. It was just really just horrifying to watch this offense that is not good for Auburn just kill this defense for the likes of the Tigers. I, I mean, it, it was bad. They're 4-2, but they move up from the under, from being unranked to number 21. Army moves up from 6-1 to the number 22 spot. Then you have Boise State coming into the game. At 2-0, they are ranked for the first time this season. Uh, North uh, North Carolina lost to Virginia. They're now down to number 24. And Michigan, who should have beaten the likes of a freaking rebuilding version of the freaking Spartans, gets hammer thrown. I don't want to hear it. It was not even a good game. It wasn't even a close game. But come on. 
They got hammer thrown by the likes of Michigan State. Who lost to Rutgers. Who lost to Rutgers and gave Indiana a run for their money. They lost to that team. They're in the top 25. They're ranked number 25. Schools that dropped out, Kansas State and Penn State. I don't expect to see Penn State back in there anytime soon. I consider them kind of out of the conversation. But back to the main conversation. Four teams have to go to the postseason, and one of these teams is going to be eliminated more than likely this weekend with Clemson and Notre Dame. This will open up a spot. Alabama, uh, I believe they have the bye this week before they take on the likes of LSU. So it's going to be very hard to see them move either up or down. Uh, Ohio State has another divisional opponent. Georgia is going to... Oh, wait, they're not. But this would be the game where they would go to Jacksonville to face off against the Florida Gators. Instead, they'll be playing host to them at Sanford Stadium. Which, again, I guess, good. But I, I understand why. But, man, that's just another game that I always love every single year. So this could really knock one of these two teams out of the conversation since both have a loss. Georgia to Alabama and Florida to Texas A&M. The Aggies take on the likes of South Carolina and Cincinnati. They play Houston on Saturday, 2.30, host the Cougars. Cougars are a sneaky team. Dana Holgerson knows what he's doing with the program. I just think it's going to take another year to get there. But again, any one of these teams can slip up. So for A&M, this is a big weekend when you really think about it. Because you break it down, more than likely, Ohio State, who I believe plays, it's not Indiana, because I know Indiana plays Michigan. Ohio State plays Rutgers. Unfortunately, that should be an easy win for them. I don't see them moving up because you have to look at their record. So they're likely to stay at three. But everyone else kind of can move around a little bit. And if A&M gets a convincing enough win, you at least have to put them in the top five. Because Clemson... They win, they stay at the top. Notre Dame loses, they got to move it to at least number nine. Ohio State likely stays put. I believe Alabama stays put. Unless you move Alabama up because Clemson lost. If Georgia loses to Florida, I think Florida and A&M have the best chance to move up. I don't think Cincinnati's going to move up at all. But they have to get a convincing win. That is the biggest thing for A&M. You can't just kind of have a game where, oh, we just came off a really good outing against one of our biggest rivals in Arkansas. yip de doo And then go, oh, yeah, um, South Carolina? I mean, I know you put up numbers against Florida, but whatever. Uh, oh, you're going to do the same thing to us? Oh, okay. At that point, I think there's justification to go, oh, well, Florida beat the living crap out of Georgia. They deserve to be ahead of A&M. Oh, Cincinnati continues to win. They deserve to be in the top four. A&M maybe moves up to the number six and continues this trend upwards because the team loses, but you don't get to see them piggyback or, or leapfrog over a different opponent. They have to get a big time win this weekend. That's the only way that I think A&M can jump into the top four conversation this week. But with the way the schedule's playing out right now, A&M's in a very good spot to only to continue to see their numbers boost. If a Cincinnati team drops one game, they move all the way down outside of the top 10, probably into the top 15, maybe even lower than that. And from there, it's basically going to be a three-man race from the SEC on who's going to get in. Because if Notre Dame loses, they're out. The only way Notre Dame stays alive this year is if Clemson loses to them or they remain undefeated. Clemson has a shot to still stay alive with a one-loss record. Notre Dame does not. 
And at that point, it would be a three-man race between a one-loss Alabama, I mean, a one-loss A&M team who lost to Alabama, a one-loss Georgia team who lost to Alabama, and a one-loss Florida team that lost to A&M. But one of those two teams is also going to be eliminated this past week, this upcoming weekend, with Florida versus Georgia. So that's going to be a game that you're going to want to circle on your calendars November 7th because it's going to be something you're not going to miss. So this past weekend was Halloween, and I'm sure most of you went out and had a grand old time. But like every Saturday, there's always college football. Now, for me, as a fan of the sport, I like to stay awake from very first kick all the way to the end of the evening whenever the Pac-12 after dark hours kind of end. To do so, I'm going to need a nutritious treat to get me through the day. That's why I recommend to use Built Bar. Built Bar is a great treat that you already know about their 12 original flavors, but in case you didn't know, they have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. They're not really nutritious bars because they more are like candy bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew with a great nougat center. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy because they can help you lose, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat. Plus, since they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, they're great for the keto diet and for someone who just wants to have a nutritious snack during the day. Peanut butter has always been my favorite flavor, and when you look at the numbers of 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs, you understand why I enjoy it. By the way, it's also really delicious if you put it in the freezer and kind of just suck on it. It leaves the flavor in a lot longer to get you through your workout. And when you go visit us at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code for LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com to save 20% off your next purchase. No matter what you're doing this upcoming weekend, make sure you stay active and on the go with your very own Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. We're talking about talking all things Texas and guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on LOP, on iTunes, and Spotify, and listen every single day because every single day is a Locked On Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Three stars of the game. I do this every single Monday, and I always go ahead and name my top three players to watch for from this past weekend. Who had the best games? Let's start this off. Number three, Jalen Weidemeyer. Jalen Weidemeyer, I was not expecting to have a sophomore slump, but all you can do is work alongside your quarterback. So when your quarterback is having some struggles, you're going to have some struggles. He had two touchdowns. Both were great plays by him at the line of scrimmage to beat the defender. He finished with a team high of 90 plus yards, seven total receptions. He's going to have a big time game. I think this upcoming weekend against South Carolina when the team travels up to Columbia. I think this is a really, really talented player who, in my opinion, is the second best tight end in the SEC behind Kyle Pitts and will earn that title of top tight end next offseason. Number two. Surprise, surprise, a lot of people are probably going to think that I'm going with another running back, but I'm going with Devon on Shane. Devon on Shane had limited touches. He made the most of them. In the third quarter, to cement a victory for Texas A&M, he bursted down the sidelines to pick up a 30-yard touchdown run. This is what I've been talking about. Earth, wind, and fire. Fire is fast. And electrifying. Wind is fast. Earth is tough. You got your ground and pound runner in Isaiah Spiller. He's your earth. You have your explosive out of the backfield. A little bit of everything. In Anaya Smith. Your fire. Who's your wind? 
that can go just blow past defenders week in and week out. Stevon Shane. He showed you why on Saturday night. Devon Shane, number two star of the week. Congratulations, my man. Number one, it's Calvin Mond. Calvin Mond is now with 10,000 total yards in his career. That's an accomplishment whether you don't believe it or not. There's quarterbacks in the history of the game who have thrown for 7,000, 8,000 yards a single season. I get that. But Kellen Mond has had little to work with this season. It's a rebuilding offensive arsenal for AM, and he's made the most of it. Best recorded game of completion percentage in his career. Best supporting game for QBR rating of his career. Best game for pocket awareness of the season. Best game for him to connect with receivers. Zero turnovers. All of that adds up to a big-time victory for Kellen Mond, and he now is in the record books in College Station to where whatever happens in his NFL career, whatever happens in his regular career, he can go become a lawyer. He can go become a doctor. He can go become whatever he wants. Guess what? At the end of the day, he will always have the fact that he is in the history books at Texas A&M. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow's show, it's Tuesday, it's Jimbo Fisher's press conference saying, let's break down what Fisher had to say about the team and what they can look forward to this upcoming weekend in another divisional matchup against South Carolina. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.